Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 25 years since he first launched into superstardom as a solo artist, Robbie Williams has this morning announced a tour to mark the occasion. Were you swept up in Robbie mania or maybe you were a take that loyalist? Tackle Danny McElhenney, who's a music journalist in the Irish Mail on Sunday, is with us on the programme today. Robbie, I actually just can't believe he's 25 years a solo artist. It's hard to believe, isn't it, Andrea? Um, I mean, like he was only 16 when he, when he joined Take That. And now he's 48, and uh, he's uh, the oldest former boy band member, member probably doing really, really well for himself. But like the, he'd be playing the Three Arena, which is it's kind of a come down for him in a sense, because this is a man who has headlined Stane Castle, headlined Viva, Croke Park, I think, as well. Yeah, I made the point earlier at the start of the show. He's actually the first ever concert <laughs> that I ever went to. Um, must have been back it was at the very very start of a solo career anyway because I remember it was still in school you could have been a lot worse because there's one thing about Robbie Williams whether you like his music specifically um, he puts on a great show yeah I mean absolutely. I remember when, when Robbie played support to the Verve at Slane and there were a number of other bands playing and he came on stage and for the next 50 minutes I've got you in the palm of my hand and he did and he headlined Slane the following year and he, he just stormed it. He, he's just a natural performer. Whether you like his music, whether you think there's much merited, he's an amazing performer. For the younger listeners, uh, Danny, can you describe how much of a cultural phenomenon he was? Well, coming off from Take That, who were, were huge, and actually they were bigger when they were formed, when he left in 1996 and he kind of got a bit of credibility hanging out with Liam Gallagher at, at Glastonbury, hair bleached blonde and kind of drinking beer and allegedly, allegedly taking stuff more strongly than that. He, he bounced into a solo career really, really quickly. His first couple of hits, Freedom by George Michael. Yeah, top five, not bad. And then suddenly he had a run of hits. You know, Angels kind of lurked around the charts forever without ever going to number yeah. one. And then songs like Millennium just made him and he had like million selling albums this man you know uh, played to 375,000 people at Nebworth over three nights and I know there's a lot of talk about Liam Gallagher doing that last week and Oasis had done that 25 years ago or so but Robbie played three nights at Nebworth you know he's worth 300 million I mean at one stage in the early millennium I mean Robbie Williams was the biggest star in these islands he never quite cracked it in America but I mean, he also had a great manner about him. He was funny. He he just he was he was he was good copy. There was always something good on with Robbie, you know, as well as <laughs> you know, bouncing into the charts at number one and a give or, give or take, you know. Where is his status now? Well, that's the interesting thing. As I say, like you know, the Three Arena in October, you know, that that's a sizable venue for anyone. But he's, I think he's, he's gracefully going into a middle-aged career that he could bounce into, you know, whatever music he, he chooses to do. His new album, 25 or XXV, if you want to stay it that way, is re-recorded versions of his biggest hits with an orchestra. He's been down that road before. I mean, I think Robbie is realistic en- enough to know that he's not going to be like cutting age anymore. He's, he's not going to be like competing with you know, the, the, anybody at the top of the charts, like Harry Styles, who mm. also bounced sort of a, um, you know, a, a boy band to mega success. But he's, I, I think he's, he's Dublin next week, isn't he, Harry Styles? He is indeed. He's, yeah. he's in uh, the event on Wednesday week. And, and again, for Robbie, 
read Harry Styles' career from one direction. He's the breakout star from one direction. Is he, compa- is he comparable to Robbie Williams? I think I, I just think he would be, although he, he's, he seems to have more, um, more credibility. There. The, the critics were falling over his album. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was breaking a new boundaries. I thought it was a, a very okay album, very good for you know, an artist such of his type to make. But, you know, there, there's, there's critics giving a five out of five and saying it's the best album of the year. It is not. But, I mean, he's a, again, he's, he's a, a, the, he was the best thing of, about One Direction, no harm to, to, to our old man. But, he, but he, he has played to 50,000 people in the but It's completely sold out. And he, he, he seems to have unlocked, or he seems to walk that lovely line between a massive commercial success and critical credibility, which is very unusual. Yeah. Robbie never really had that. He okay. was admired, but you wouldn't say that he's, his songs were like and, critically brilliant. And is that is that success, you know, that you've talked about with Harry Styles and, and, and well, I suppose even more so Robbie Williams, but is that common among, you know, where you have former big boy band members, like obviously Justin Timberlake did well mm-hmm. post the, the, the NSYNC era, but whereas my beloved Westlife, it didn't really take off in the same way for the solo careers for the members there. Well, they all had a they all had a good go at it, and they continue to to release solo albums. I mean, Mark Feely arguably might be the best singer in the band, and he is he's probably had the least solo success of all of them. And I think the the, the difficulty with Westlife, and they can correct me, is that they wouldn't really be known as brilliant songwriters. They're good in collaboration with people. Of, you know, good songwriters bring out the best of their ideas. But Westlake never really had much success individually after Westlake, and that's why they keep on coming back to the mothership, I think, which is best for them. But I mean, you can, you can go right back to Donny Osmond from the Osmonds, Michael Jackson from the Jacksons. In the 80s, you had Bobby Brown, you know, who was obviously Whitney Houston's partner, and he came from New Edition, who had the big hit with Candy Girl in 1983. And you mentioned okay. Justin Timberlake, who again, a critical success as well as massive commercial success but there tends to be only really one Andrea yeah, if you get the big out. boy band there's always one breakout star you rarely get two big ones uh, Kieran is texted in Danny and he says the concert experience is a smaller venue as a smaller venue is far superior to the stadium gig close to the artist better quality sound and a far superior atmosphere in fairness to Robbie he hasn't been in the charts, charts for the last couple of years therefore I think the three arena is a very appropriate venue for him I would agree with Kieran. I mean, obviously, the Three Arena is a purposeful venue for concerts. And, like, you get people going to stadiums complaining about the sound. And the, the, the point is, the Viva was built for soccer and rugby. And uh, Croke Park was built for GEA. It wasn't built for pristine concert sound. I mean, I think Ed Sheeran got very near to having great sound. But, I mean, he's absolutely right. If you want to go to see and really enjoy the music, you're always better off at an indoor. Uh, indoor venue yeah. but the thing is about the Lexico Park and the Viva is you it's the atmosphere it's an event but you're going to Robbie Williams in October to hear Robbie Williams to see him at relatively close quarters well, I, I, I'm probably going to try and go for old time's sake more than anything else but Danny McElhenney oh, yeah. <laughs> music journalist with the Irish Mail on Sunday Danny thanks a million for joining us here on uh, on the programme today 53106 we're trying to find the Robbie Williams super fan 
out there today. Somebody who has followed him um, from his Take That era right down as a solo artist over the past 25 years. Um, 53106 though is the number if you want to get in touch with us. Now, a little earlier in the programme we were talking about um, people trying to get taxis again and it's an issue that has come up time and time again in recent weeks. Sheem is with us on the line today. Have you experienced trouble trying to get home um, late at night, Sheem? Hi, uh, Angela. Yes, Actually, it was even, sorry, I was just running. About two weeks ago, we tried to get a taxi from Dublin, uh, I think Dublin 1, and it took 40 minutes. So it was very difficult. The three now taxi cancelled two services, so we had to hail taxi on the street. And two men were, were difficult. I mean, we, we couldn't. We couldn't really get a taxi. Couldn't get a taxi. 40 minutes. And is this a frequent experience? <clears throat> I mean, uh, the taxis are cancelled quite often, to be honest. I think probably a month ago, we also were coming back, trying to come back with a taxi. And we had six services cancelled. And I emailed uh, free now, so they gave us a five euro voucher. But uh, its cancellations are quite frequent. And also last Saturday, <clears throat> We were, were coming back quite early, actually, I'm coming home from Parnassi to Sandefort. And uh, <clears throat> it was quite dangerous to to wait for the Luas at Parnassi uh, station because there were like, quite a few sketchy characters and drunk people. So I kind of I felt for okay. women that going back home and they, they, they feel the, the danger. So because I felt I felt quite uneasy to be honest around those Would people. Would you? So, yeah. Yes. Okay. You feel, it, yeah. Was, it was quite quite dangerous to be honest. It was only like I'd say quarter to eleven p.m. on Saturday. Do you know? And I see. I see a number of people actually. Uh, she mentioned that today on the on the text line, just talking about uh, not feeling safe. Um, having to walk home when they can't get a taxi men and women it seems the messages are coming in from today thanks for joining us Sheem for getting in touch with us on the programme 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to call us this listener has texted in to say the problem isn't that there there aren't enough taxis it's that there isn't enough late night public transport services across the board no trains buses or Lewis at night the NTA are responsible for this failing this listener says there's also a security issue not enough visible guard the presence on the streets not a fast enough response of a taxi driver or indeed anybody is in trouble in the city centre. We need more guards on the street and a prompt response with harsh penalties for anybody causing trouble, suggests this listener. Keep those texts coming into us, 53106. What is the solution to, um, well, the number of people who constantly talk about not being able to get a taxi late at night? As one listener suggested earlier today, is incentivising taxi drivers to work the late night shifts into the early hours of the morning. Is that the solution? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.